you know, it's funny, even, even I, you know, as I was doing my search uh, for a CMO role, I'm 48. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling, hey, am I getting a little bit too old uh, <laughs> you know, for for the role? Because, you know, I think people generally, companies are looking for hiring younger people earlier in their career and growing them. And yeah. so, um, you know, when I was looking, I was 47, but, you know, at that age where you start to feel, hey, is there discrimination or is there, is the door closing on me for certain yeah. roles? Welcome to The Get, the marketing talent podcast. This is your host, Erica Seidel. We explore what it takes to get and keep the best marketing leaders in the B2B SaaS world. Welcome to another edition of The Get. This is Erica Seidel, and my guest today is Jeff Winter, CMO of Rocket Software. And Rocket is a B2B tech company that helps uh, companies and public sector organizations to innovate using the technology and data they already have. So they can always be ready for what comes next. Jeff, that is a good tagline. And I, I got it from your LinkedIn profile and I look forward to hearing more. <laughs> um, and uh, so you guys have customers in um, kind of across, uh, across the Fortune 50. And uh, you're headquartered in the Boston area um, and presences throughout North America, Europe, Asia, Australia. Um, and previously, uh, Jeff was the global head of marketing for the software and data solutions line of business for Pitney Bowes, which is a company I used to work with, um, used to work for back in the day. Um, and before that, Jeff was at SAP and IBM in senior marketing roles. So he's really done the tour of um, big tech companies. Um, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Always great to chat with you. Um, Absolutely. So I am excited to hear from you and we have, um, we're going to talk about values. We're going to talk about your team and structure and hiring and diversity. And, um, and I'd also love to hear your take on, um, you know, advice for other marketing leaders at, at global companies. So, um, so let's get started. You told me previously that you have four values at Rocket Software and they are broadly empathy, humanity, trust, and love. And when I heard love, I said, oh my God, that's very interesting. At a PE-owned company, um, that sounds unusual. So can you talk to me about those values? Absolutely. And uh, I, I had the same reaction that you did, frankly, when I was interviewing with Rocket and uh, you know, was scrolling through the website and, and hearing the CEO as, as I interviewed for the job talk about and I would see these these four values. And at first, the cynic in me, because I've been at lots of big companies that have a lot of different HR programs and corporate taglines and visions, and you see words like this kind of come and go, and they'll be part of a poster, and the next year there'll be different words and values and systems and whatnot. Um, but these are the four, and they've been around for some time, and they are real. They are real. Um, even the uh, the private equity backed company uh, yeah. firm, Green Capital, um, we talk about these things, um, and they show up. You know, empathy is all about customer centricity. What are we doing that's going to impact the customer? How will the customer react to a delay in a product feature development cycle? How will they react to a price increase? Um, how are we making sure that we are asking them for what they need and what they're looking for? 
um, you know, humanity and trust is all about just let's just be real uh, in how we interact with one another as, as fellow rocketeers and we call each other rocketeers. Um, you know, let's do what we say we're going to do and, and really trust one another. And again, that extends to our partners and our customers and then love and you, you highlighted love. You got to love what you do, you know, like Andy, who's our CEO loves music. And guess what? Music is a big part of Rocket. We have a Rocket band at every single Rocket event, again, pre-COVID, although we're trying to figure out how to do this virtual music thing as well. Um, but we would play music at, in, you know, at, at trade shows we, during sponsorships that we would, you know, the, the band would be on stage. And by the way, the band isn't just all the senior executives. The band could be anyone and has been anyone. So um, it's just these, these values are real. They permeate through the company. Um, and uh, it was just so refreshing to join a company that has this as a foundation. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So I'm curious, as you were interviewing for this job, because you've been in this job for a year, a year plus, something. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a process. Yeah, um, yeah, a year, a year coming up in November. Okay, so yeah, almost a year. And is there a moment in the interview process where one of those values came? through loud and clear to you that made you feel like, oh yeah, I want, I want to join that company. I think it was when I was sitting in an office speaking with Andy and I think I asked him a single question around, cause he was, he's one of the founders. So he's been there for yes. 30 years. And I said, why are you staying around? And I think Andy talked for maybe seven or eight minutes and he started to lean forward in his chair and was, talking about, you know, he mentioned people's names from 15 years ago and a and his energy and his enthusiasm, not only about the company, but about the work that we do for the customers and the opportunity ahead of us. Because again, he could have stopped and, and left the company many, many times over, um, but he still sees opportunity. And it's that opportunity because you briefly went through my resume, but you know, IBM, SAP and, and Pitney Bowes, um, you know, some have grown faster than others, but I wanted to join a fast growing company, one that was really um, looking to grow its bottom line and top line. And so um, that enthusiasm for the opportunity and how we can serve customers and a lot of our customers only have one or two of our products. And um, that is what really got me excited was his energy and then the opportunity for Rocket uh, to grow. Right. Great, great. So you talked about these values. Um, can you talk about um, marketing team values? So sometimes, you know, there are overall corporate values and then the head of marketing uh, kind of develops separate but overlapping values with, you know, like for their team to kind of drive their work. Um, have you done that? And, um, and if so, can you talk about, you know, what the, what the marketing team values at Rocket? I have, and I and I went through this thought process because, as I mentioned before, these the, the the four corporate values of empathy, humanity, trust, and love are so real. We talk about them all the time. I almost didn't want to tread on them or somehow yeah. supersede them, or um, so I was really thoughtful about it. But I, but I did ultimately come up with a set of marketing values, and I even intentionally used the word values twice um, mm -hmm. to juxtapose against the corporate ones and. I can you know, you could come up with a lot, but the ones that I really wanted to um, impart upon my team, and it was based on 
what I saw after the first couple of months in marketing, you know, the things that we were doing, the things that we weren't doing, the things that we were asked to do. Um, and the ones that I came up with were number one, to be more data driven. Mm -hmm. There was a distinct lack of just data um, in terms of what's informing us to make decisions, whether web data or, you know, kind of data coming out of our generation, pipeline creation engine, um, and, and, you know, in, in other areas as well. And where mm -hmm. we did have data, what I found was that the data was only being accessed and leveraged by a really small number of people. You know, it's sometimes just one person who was like managing that task or that area. So being more data driven, and that's and that has in turn caused a lot of investments, process up, uh, process changes, etc. So being more data driven. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was being more risk taking and innovative. There was this um, a, a distinct fear of making a mistake. Um, that if we invested in something or we tried a message or we tried to, you know, create a new content type or, you know, pick your example, yeah. um, there was a distinct fear um, of reprimand or losing your job if you kind of went the wrong way. And that in turn drove um, or, or inhibited our ability to innovate. So kind of that risk-taking slash innov yeah. be innovative, I, I kind of bucket as one. And then the last one was um, being really collaborative, mm -hmm. not just within marketing, but um, outside of marketing. And this might, again, sound a little cliche, but there are silos at Rocket. Um, and one of the things that I'm really always passionate about is breaking down those silos, um, and not just between sales and marketing, not just between you know product marketing and product management, but um, across the entire organization. There are so many potential synergies across every function. So let's talk about your team, um, your current team. Like, can you talk about how big your team is um, and, uh, you know, how, you know, where, where the diversity is on your team, like, like in terms of where they are and, and, and roles and. Sure, sure. So the marketing team is about 30, excluding contractors, it's about 30 people. Uh -huh. um, the majority are in North America. We have, you know, a few people that are in APAC and, and EMEA, but the majority are in North America. And up until a couple of years ago, or actually up until a year, or less than a year ago with COVID, the company was really migrating back towards an in-person kind of culture. And so uh, um, a large number of people are actually right around, or in the Boston area, right around the corporate headquarters in Waltham, Massachusetts. Uh -huh. um, so that's kind of geographically where they are. Um, and, you know, from a functional perspective, it's kind of a classic B2B marketing function, you know, we or, or, or model. We have kind of an integrated or corporate marketing function that does brand, and we have the creative team under them, and, and they're responsible also for communications. We have product marketing, we have an events team, we have a demand generation pipeline field marketing team. Um, we have, a, we have a, a, a really strong, important partnership with IBM. So yeah. we have a person dedicated to that. Um, we haven't extended as much to other channel marketing, but we probably should be in the future. Um, and then, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how it's structured. And, you know, in terms of diversity, um, which is a, a really hot topic these days, but it's it's always been an important topic, you know, for me, you know, as I look at the team and, and, and there's been a lot of change on the team, we've turned over quite a number of people on the team. And I would say from a diversity perspective, I, I think of diversity across a number of dimensions. I mean, in terms of regional diversity, 
um, we're probably not great. Uh, we're heavily North America focused. That that in part is driven to where our, our business is, but we could probably do a little bit better there because it's, you know, you get best practices from different regions. And I just think it's healthier to have a little bit more regional diversity than, than we do now, mm -hmm. frankly. Um, from a gender perspective, we're actually quite good. Um, now, not to stereotype, but marketing typically is one of those functions that, um, you know, does have better gender diversity than some others. Um, but we're good for my, not, and not just at the, you know, kind of lower level in marketing, but my leadership team, I think is actually more female than, than male. Mm -hmm. um, we're also really good on the um, sort of uh, experience diversity. So we have a really good um, set of younger workers um, mm -hmm. uh, that, uh, frankly, I'm not responsible for in terms of them getting there. We have a, we have a great um, intern program. Um, and many of the people that are um, that are in marketing today started as interns. Um, mm -hmm. So and that preceded me. So that's when I say, well, I don't take credit for it. Or, um, but from a youth perspective, and then from an ethnic perspective, I think we need a, to, um, to to work there a little bit more. Uh, we do have some ethnic diversity um, in terms of minorities, but not not where we should be. Not where we okay. should be. And this is and this is an area that uh, we are working on um, as a leadership team um, more and more. Yeah, yeah, got it. Um, it's interesting you talk about, you know, uh, experience, uh, diversity for, you know, as it applies to experience and you have these younger people and these interns. Um, I, I'm wondering how you feel about um, older people in tech, because I feel like, you know, we're, you know, diversity initiatives have been um, geared, you know, initially it was a, a, a big focus on women, you know, across the tech world. And then it became, um, you know, we, we, you know, there's greater consciousness around, um, you know, ethnic diversity. What about, um, and I think the next one is going to be around age diversity because we have a lot, we, you know, we all know there's a lot of ageism in tech and, um, any, any thoughts on that and, uh, you know, from your, from your own observation. Well, that, that's a really, really interesting question for me because of my the company that I work for. Yeah. So Rocket Software um, spends, a lot of our business is creating tools and technology for companies that are running mainframe computers. And, yeah. um, and so the IBM Z ecosystem, which is a, you know, a, a very old, but very strong, and it's actually modern. Um, it's one of the most modern platforms, but it's been around for a long time. So a lot of the languages that the applications that sit on the IBM mainframe, the Z, um, are actually, you know, older people, right? People that yeah. wrote the code many, many years ago. Um, yeah. And of course, we're, we help companies modernize. Um, and, and stay innovative using AI and open open source languages, et cetera. Um, but again, getting to your question right now. So we actually seek out in many cases, not so necessarily from a marketing perspective, but certainly from an engineering perspective, we have, and with pride, people that have been around for, for quite some time in the, in the space. Um, and in fact, um, you know, a lot of the technology that we build is because the workforce is aging and we need to make access to the data and the applications that sit on these older systems um, accessible with using modern language and people that yeah. are coming out of um, at a school who have never even heard of the mainframe right so um, it's it's an interesting one and it's it's one that we actually seek out people with experience in many cases uh-huh uh-huh that's that's cool 
that's good to get to know because um, I, I do think that's the the frontier that we're not talking about in diversity. You know, it's funny, even, even I, you know, as I was doing my search uh, for a CMO role, I'm 48. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling, hey, am I getting a little bit too old uh, <laughs> you know, for, for the role? Because, you know, I think people generally, companies are looking for hiring younger people earlier in their career and growing them. And yeah. so, um, you know, and I was looking, I was 47, but, you know, at that age where you start to feel, hey, is there discrimination or is there, is the door closing on me for certain yeah. roles? Um, right. So it is an important, important factor. Yeah, right. I mean, that's what I think is great about the, you know, the, the recent economic uh, kind of growth spurt that we've had, I mean, you know, factoring out COVID, um, I think I've seen people that um, have been put into more senior roles that, um, you know, maybe, you know, were already, uh, you know, kind of quite far into their career and they were in their first, you know, marketing leadership role. And, and I think that's great. To, that's it's great to see. Um, and, you know, we'll see how that changes going forward. Um, but let's let's talk about um, hiring, which is, uh, I would love talking about hiring, um, as you know. Um, have you ever hired somebody from outside of uh, B2B and B2B tech? Because there's often a concern that people kind of have to know the domain or at least know B2B tech. And, um, and I think that there's also this concern, I think, in B2B arenas that, Oh, somebody with a B2C background is not going to be interested in a B2B company, you know, just not like something sexy that you could talk about over the Thanksgiving table and stuff. Um, so can you can you talk about that? I can. And it's funny when you when you brought up this topic uh, just now, I thought of Lou Gerstner. But, you know, I started mm -hmm. my career at IBM. And as I mentioned, Rocket has a very strong partnership with IBM. And when Gerstner, who was the CEO there during their great run of the 90s and is credited really with saving um, IBM when they were about to break it up, his previous job was as the CEO of RJR Nabisco. Mm. Crackers, food, snacks, right? You know, how can that guy know tech? Yeah. Uh, and he seemed to do a reasonable job at IBM. So um, I think the short answer is in many roles, you can, and in fact, to get diversity of thought and experience, you can and should look outside, or in addition to looking at tech back, people with tech backgrounds, should look outside. I mean, we, our current creative director, um, super talented guy, joined about a year ago, um, came from the B2C space. You know, he worked at agencies, but most of his clientele was B2C. Um, did yeah. a little B2B, but really not much, and that's not where his passion was. Um, but that role, I think translates really, really well. And in the world of B2B tech, there's a lot of staid, boring marketing and advertising. So it's actually not that hard to stand out. And with our name Rocket, um, we actually, you know, we actually have an opportunity to have a little fun with that, and we do. Um, and going back to our culture, you know, of um, empathy, humanity, trust, and love as those values, and the Rocket band, it's like, man. What a waste it would be to just get some, you know, to not take advantage of those things. So that's worked out really well. I mean, his creative energy and juices and the experience that he brings uh, to the table has worked out really well. And I was just thinking about hiring um, someone on the communication side. Mm -hmm. um, and I was and I was talking with a friend of mine who's got a lot of experience in this space about, you know, can you do I need someone in the mainframe space or can I extend to tech or can I actually extend outside of tech? 
Yeah. And, and in that role, um, I, I'm going to take a flyer and kind of expand the search and see, you know, and see where, see where that goes. I mean, there's some roles like product marketing. I'm sorry, but you know, you want someone with tech experience. There's a unique animal there. Mm-hmm. If you need someone to go run your analyst relations, you know, with the Gartners and IDCs of the world, you know, that's a pretty specific role with a pretty specific, you know, set of experiences and skills that you need. So um, I think there's some roles that it is, that you really want to stick with B2B, yeah. uh, but there's some roles that not only would you want to consider, but you'd actually might want on more of the creative side to look outside. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also like, what does somebody want to do next? And, um, you know, we often assume when recruiting that like, uh, okay, this person has this background, you know, they've they've done, uh, I don't know, like marketing tech, they've worked in marketing technology companies for 10 years, they must want to do that again when in reality they might be um, very, uh, you know, happy to get out of that space and to do something else. And so I think what it, what it means is that when we recruit, we have to be um, careful about kind of seeing like where somebody's, you know, like give them opportunities to demonstrate how they would approach a job as opposed to just look backward at what they have done. So, you know, recruiting should be about looking backward, but also looking forward and giving giving somebody the opportunity to kind of show how they would tackle a role, even if it's outside of their domain and show how they would learn outside of the domain. And I think there's, you know, some people have that growth mindset and uh, want to hire for that growth mindset. Some people don't. It's There's risk associated with it. You know, it's almost like the safe play. People used to say, oh, you can't go wrong with buying IBM, you know, if you have yeah. to go buy servers, right? Uh, right. When Sun was like the new, you know, the new kid on the block with the, you know, with some microsystems. And yeah. um, so there's risk. And going back to my um, marketing values, be innovative, take a risk, um, yeah. which I have to show myself and set the example for my team um, to take some of those risks now and again. Now, we've talked about diversity a little bit. Let's get back to that. Can you talk to me about this, um, you know, whether you guys have some kind of like diversity and equity and inclusion kind of program and, and how that how that works? We do. We do. Um, again, I've been here about a year. And before I joined and before the current um, head of HR, uh, a fantastic woman named Tracy Leahy, um, She's been here for a couple of years. So there there were different diversity, I'll call them, quote, diversity groups, right? Yeah. Um, that a lot of companies had, um, one around sexual orientation, one around, you know, women in technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they were, they existed, they were operational, um, but the impact that they were having wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, frankly speaking, with what's gone on, um, around the world, but in particular in the United States over the last six months, there's been a lot more focus at Rocket and and, at a lot of companies and in the market and, you know, everywhere, frankly. Mm -hmm. So all of that has resulted in the creation of a new um, kind of framework and a new um, um, employee group that we call RIDE, Mm -hmm. Rocket Inclusion, Diversity and Equity. And what, what makes this, I think, different than previous efforts, and frankly, you know, the, the other companies I've worked at, which were great companies with really strong cultures and strong human resources organizations um, and really good leaders, um, is a couple of things. Number one, this is really a tops-down, CEO, executive-sponsored, full leadership team-backed um, effort. So... Um, 
you know, the CEO, we, he talks about it. We talk about it. We've strategized around it. This isn't just a quote HR thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's number one. Number two, there's real meat behind it. So we're actually hiring for um, a, a pretty senior person to run this. Um, this isn't just kind of a side job for the CHRO who's got one or two things on her on her plate, right? You know, you really mm-hmm. want to invest in it. And number two, it is a it is um, one of our joint leadership team KPIs for next year. So we are actually going to measure this and we are gonna be rewarded um, or penalized uh, based on our achievement of it. Um, So we're creating a diversity index um, around that. And then the third way that I think it's different is how broad it is. It isn't just, yeah, I mentioned women in, in, um, you know, women in technology or sexual orientation. It goes beyond that. And a lot of the things that you asked me about, age diversity. And so there are different elements to this. It's a, we're we're Mm -hmm. casting a pretty wide net um, which I think is really good. We're not going to get to everything immediately, yeah. um, but um, but we're really excited about it. And just in the first couple of months, I mean, the the work that the team has done. I mean, we had more hand raisers. I mean, Trey, poor Tracy, she had more. Uh, the big the biggest challenge was like, okay, how am I going to keep these people productive? And there's so many people that wanted to be part of this thing that yeah. you know we're we're off to a great start so far. That's great, thank you. And when you when you talk about the diversity index, can you can you share any more about what that you know you know what that actual metric is, and if it, it, it's about you know have we hired a certain number of uh, people that are you know less traditionally represented, or is it about uh, keeping people, or is it an amalgam amalgam? How would you say that word? You know, like a mix of those things. So. We haven't finalized it yet, but basically it's going to look at two major pillars, uh-huh. richness, richness and evenness of mm-hmm. our diversity. So the richness is in any given area, how rich is it? You know, take women or take age or take, um, you know, regional diversity or, you know, pick your pick your element and all those elements are, are part of this. How rich is it across those different dimensions, you know, and organizationally, you know, how, how, how rich is it, you know, um, and then in terms of evenness is where does it reside, right? If, mm. if it's only the R&D organization that is really rich in, in moving the needle on, um, you know, the age or women um, component, um, you know, or gender component, um, that's not good, right? You want that evenness across the organization. So all the functions and all the teams are starting to move the needle to create more diversity on their teams. So again, it's richness and evenness. And we are literally, I just was just speaking with Tracy today, in fact, Um, she literally is like with the consultant um, developing the right algorithm to go measure this. Um, Because again, Starting in January 1st, 2021, we're going to be looking at a, a you know, leadership team dashboard every Wednesday afternoon um, mm. when we meet and seeing how we're doing. Yeah, yeah, got it. Every week. That's great. Thank you. Um, Jeff, any other fi- final, uh, you know, piece of advice to another, uh, say, another new chief marketing officer at a global company that is looking to keep an eye on diversity and, uh, and, and make sure that they have a, a- yeah, I would I would say there 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 are a couple of things. Um, number one, and most importantly, is never settle on quality. No matter who you hire, you want 
great people mm -hmm. and do not fall in the trap of seeking diversity for diversity's sake. There mm -hmm. is plenty of research out there that proves that more diverse teams lead to better outcomes. That's undisputed. So you mm -hmm. should want diversity, but don't do it for diversity's sake. Don't settle on quality um, would be number one. The second thing I would say is that you need to be intentional. And what I mean by intentional is you have to look in some cases um, of where you're recruiting and who you're working with um, mm -hmm. because talent is everywhere. But yeah. if you're not looking um, specifically at, you know, let's say you want to move the needle on ethnic diversity. Well, if you're not looking at colleges and universities and organizations that have, you know, more minorities or minority based, yeah. um, well, you know, you're making it harder for yourself. Um, right. And so you should be intentional where you look and who you work with and what you ask of them. If you say, hey, I'm looking for a diverse candidate pool. Well, okay, they know that now, and they will then go 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 do that um, and, and go look with that lens. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is to um, make diversity a, a KPI. Um, mm -hmm. Make it something that you're going to measure and you're going to hold yourself, your peers, and your teams accountable for. Um, yeah. Like we're doing at Rocket. So if you do those three things, I think you'll 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 add the, the result will be a high quality, more diverse team that will drive better outcomes. And that's true of marketing, and frankly, that's true of every function. That's great. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. It's great to have you on the show and great to hear about how you are uh, you know, structuring your role as a CMO and, and you know, kind of taking your team through this, this uh, you know, wild year of 2020 and uh, grappling with, uh, with diversity and, and evolution of the business. So thank you so much for joining the show. Great to have you. It was awesome to be here. I really enjoyed it, Erica. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today for The Get. Join us next time with another guest. Till then, follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify so you don't miss a thing.